spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. As you take your step to the next level, what do you want Lakers fans to know about who Mo is? I'm just going to give it all, my 100% every day. That's all that matters. I love basketball. And, uh, yeah, whatever happens, happens. But I'm going to love it, and uh, I'm going to leave it all out there. Well, congratulations, Mo. Thanks so much. Thanks, I appreciate it. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where Mo Money, Mo Problems, Mo Wagner? <laughs> uh, Alan, the Lakers got the second most exciting Mo in the draft tonight behind Mo Bamba. So, how you feeling? Um, I, I guess I'm feeling good. I feel like I, I feel similar to how I felt last year in some ways, and probably similar... Yeah, yeah, similar to last year. So, hey, the NBA draft happened. The Lakers got three players. It was lit. <laughs> it, 
it it was lit. I mean, sure, it was <laughs> I lit. Said that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was lit in a different respect, mainly because there are a whole lot of other things surrounding the Lakers, and the draft is kind of secondary to uh, what they're planning this summer with free agency and all of the recent Kawhi Leonard rumors. And um, the Lakers recently even had a tampering session, t- tampering info session for oh, all like of their seminar? employees. How yeah, a tampering tamper, seminar. How not to get fired. I guess before we get started, quick recap. Uh, with the number 25th pick, the Lakers selected Mo Wagner out of Michigan. With the number 39th pick, which they acquired from the Philadelphia 76ers with cash, they selected I- Isaac Bonga from Germany. Uh, everybody is considering him to be a draft and stash candidate. Uh, with the number 47th pick, they selected Sviatoslav Mikhailu from Kansas. So those are our three draft picks. And... Alan, I want to ask you first, last night, there was a lot of momentum for the Lakers to do something potentially very, very big. Uh, and there was a lot of lead up to it because at the beginning of the week, well, first last week, we we heard we heard of the Kawhi Leonard news that through Woj, he had requested to be traded from the San Antonio Spurs and that he'd preferably like to be traded to Los Angeles, preferably the Lakers. There wasn't much concrete news outside of that. And I don't think even we had any concretized thoughts on on any of that because when the initial report came out he hadn't yet talked to the Spurs in person and so we we probably theorized that that would eventually happen so I think that's why we kind of held back any formalized thoughts on anything and and held held ourselves back from getting too excited but I think you know the last few days we learned that Kawhi Leonard actually sat down with Popovich and he told him face to face or maybe not face to face. I don't know, um, but pretty much told him in person that he'd still like to be traded from the Spurs and Los Angeles and the Lakers would still be his preferred destination. And then shortly after that, we learned that the Lakers traded for the number 39th pick um, or not traded, but they bought that pick from Philly. And obviously with two picks already in hand, and the Lakers facing some cap challenges if they want to trade for Kawhi Leonard and then also still continue their dreams of pursuing LeBron James and Paul George while also potentially trying to retain Julius Randle, there are some cap implications that they have to uh, be wary of. And with three picks and three young guys, you know, a lot of us theorize that when the Lakers bought the number 39th pick, that... They would potentially maybe package some of their picks together to potentially move up to consolidate those picks. Or because the second round picks don't count against the cap and are considered non-guaranteed contracts, maybe they trade their number 25th pick altogether in a deal for potentially Kawhi Leonard or maybe just to offload Luau Deng um, as a preventative measure or to already get ahead of that Luau Deng um, contract situation and free up cap space uh, in the likelihood that they'd either trade for Kawhi Leonard or sign Paul George and LeBron James and then find the ability to also retain Julius Randle. So I guess with all of that lead up, what were what were your thoughts or what was your feeling heading into tonight's draft? Were you a little more heightened? Were you pretty on the edge of your seat, even though the circumstances this year in terms of not actually having a lotto pick were different? Um, I wasn't really on the edge of my seat because I just got a new Lazy Boy recliner. It's, it's actually used as from uh, my other best friend, Scott. So I was leaning back really far. Oh, um, nice. But in all seriousness, I was expecting us to package something. I, I didn't think we were going to keep all three picks. Um, so 
that was a bit surprising. Definitely didn't go the way that I thought it would, but as Tommy said in our uh, Facebook chat, like, when do things ever really go the way we expect them to, especially with the new front office? So, um, yeah, it was somewhat uneventful, you know, definitely not uh, what I think any of us anticipated. Um, when we acquired the pick yesterday, I it was honestly like, maybe like irrationally and like stupidly lit. <laughs> like, we're like, oh my God, yeah. like where there's smoke, you know, there's got to be fire and all that kind of stuff. Um, You're so, rubbing your hands together. Oh, totally. Your lips, was, right? Oh, definitely. All of those things. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say tonight was like a, a downer necessarily, but I, I think like, had we all been watching together, like we did a few years ago, the level of disappointment <laughs> probably would have been a lot higher because the level of, litness would have been that much more lit than we all were separate yeah it was it was strange to say the least but like you said the last three years it's not like this is unexpected in any way we were pretty much always like what the hell (laughs) at some point so this is par for the course no totally the unexpectedness is is expected with this lakers scouting (laughs) staff and so um i guess this year it's different because we actually have a track record and so even though we were perplexed i think everybody's next sentence was, well, they've earned the benefit of the doubt. So let's look into these prospects and try and see what they saw, you know? So I think overall, um, definitely not the sexiest draft for the Lakers, especially given all the research we had done prior and all of the sexier names like DeAnthony Melton, Mitchell Robinson, even, even what's that guy's name that the Celtics took at 27? Is it Robert Williams? Yeah, from A and M. Yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah, I mean, he was sliding. Yeah, exactly. But he was so he has so much upside. You He's know? almost like and a Mitchell Robinson. You know? Exactly. Yeah. But he has like college proof or a college tape. Exactly. Um, even guys like that were still on the board. I mean, D'Anthony Melton was picked right before. Yeah. The Lakers yeah. selected V. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess it just goes to show you you can do all all the homework you you want to. And I think this year in particular, this is probably the first draft where. I mean, I talked about some of these prospects with uh, Sean Darenthal in our last podcast, but kind of just very skimmingly. Like, we just skimmed through them right. and didn't go too in-depth. But usually, I feel like, especially with three picks, you'd think that you'd at least center on a prospect, right? But I guess that, that again, shows you how the Lakers, you can't really predict what they're going to do, what they see in these workouts. And they brought Mo Wagner in twice, right? Yeah, and secretly the second time. And yeah, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt at this point. They really uh, take their time in evaluating these players. And a lot of it depends on not only their physical traits and how they did in their workouts, but obviously their interviews, how they'd mesh with the Lakers culture. So I'm excited to to kind of unpack these guys and learn more about them in the coming days. Obviously, right now, it's kind of just... <laughs> I mean, we literally did like a cram session right now of all yeah, these... Yeah, yeah, exactly. For most of these prospects, so a lot of our thoughts are pretty raw. But yeah, before we delve any deeper into that, um, as usual, first, please follow us on Twitter, at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes, because the more you rate and review us, that is an extra inch that will be added onto V. Mikhailu's already very short wingspan. <laughs> I'm like, where are you going with this, bro? <laughs> but you heard that, right? He's like minus I three. Did. He is yes. a 6'8 dude with only a 6'5 wingspan. Like stra- strangely small micro arms. <laughs> but yeah, so please rate interview us on iTunes because each new rating interview equals an extra inch <laughs> on Zvima Kailu's so wingspan. <laughs> Stop making these jokes, dude. <laughs> Grow up. Uh, also, if you want to support us, 
financially, you can do so on patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. A dollar, two dollars, anything helps. All right, well, let's get into it, Alan. What did you think of the draft overall? It was pretty crazy before the Lakers pick. I mean, there was a lot of uh, picks switching hands and whatnot. So, I mean, I think what everybody anticipated happening in terms of this potentially being a topsy-turvy draft ended up occurring, especially in the first, you know, 10 to 15 picks. So from that end, what did you think of the draft? Yeah, obviously, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, that was pretty crazy. Um I was really worried that Michael Porter Jr. was going to end up on the Clippers and then he's going to end up like blowing up and being really good and all that stuff. So uh, I'm glad that the Clippers didn't take him. Um, It's kind of scary, though, you know, for Michael Porter Jr.'s sake to see him go to the last team in uh, the the lottery. So um, that's pretty crazy that whatever health records were getting passed around over the last 24 to 48 hours must have been so significant that uh, teams really got scared. But I guess for his sake, like he's on essentially a playoff team. Um, So he doesn't, there isn't going to be as much pressure for him to do as much. And he doesn't have to rush back from injury. Shoot. He might even sit out this first year, a la a bunch of guys on the 76ers for the past few seasons sort of thing. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think Atlanta has the like new version <laughs> of like a poor man Splash Brothers or something. Although Kevin Herter is sure. like probably actually going to be really good. I was so upset that uh, not that I thought we really had a chance of getting him, but he slipped to what the Hawks get him at nineteen or twenty? Mm-hmm. Nineteen. Yeah, so it's like. Yeah, six picks above us is not very close, but he was projected by some to go even earlier than 19. So as it got closer to 20, you know, hope starts to to creep up a little bit. Um, Dante DiVincenzo, it's pretty crazy that after the national championship game, people didn't even think he was going to come out. They thought he would go back to Villanova. Now he's 17th pick with the Bucks. Um yeah, I, I just feel like there are – oh, I think the worst part was uh, Michael Bridges getting traded from Philly to the Suns considering his mom is VP of uh, Human Resources for right. the 76ers. That's, like, freaking <laughs> heartbreaking, dude. Oh, my God. Like, And he I, went to Villanova, too. Exactly. It's like v- Villanova, Philly, his mom works there. They're, like, practically crying during their interview. They're so excited. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. Good for them. <clears throat> and then he got shipped off to Phoenix within the hour. So um, mm. that sucked. <laughs> I felt really badly. <laughs> um, but overall, I mean, yeah, it was a fun draft. Um, I, I probably did about as much research as I have in, in past years. I kind of crammed it all in this last week just so I could get a little bit more familiar. I feel like I was a little more <clears throat> um, familiar with some of the teens picks, obviously, because that's sort of where we were uh um in the draft this year as opposed to other years where we're just looking at the top five pretty much for like six months um so it's a little bit more well versed but i think for the guys that we were really looking at like kata bates Jop and like the anthony melton and all those dudes i mean they all dropped really far you know um if we had them projected late first round and then these dudes are going in like the 30s and the 40s it just goes to show you like there's only so much we can learn from watching various youtube videos and even listening to like combine interviews and stuff um clearly around the league teams have concerns um that we're not privy to so yeah it was just interesting a lot of guys fell a lot further than i anticipated 
And uh, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, obviously we're going to get into it right now as to uh, why we went the way we did. Yeah, for sure. And I think as the Lakers have shown the last couple of years, you know, the NBA draft community on Twitter has grown year by year. And there are the quote unquote, like NBA draft Knicks picks, right? And for the most part, the Lakers have not aligned with those picks each year from the Kyle Kuzma pick to Larry Nance Jr. pick. And now Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner, I mean, he was slated to be around the early 30s anyway, so it's not that huge of a shock. But it's definitely, given the other prospects that were still on the board, that's what makes it the most shocking. Uh, because we've we talked a lot more about all these other guys with upside uh, that continue to slip, like Jacob Evans, yeah, Mitchell Robinson, DeAnthony Melton. Like, all these guys kept slipping. And um, I think it just goes to show you how just how contextualized it is, you know, like we can watch as many yeah. YouTube videos as we want to, and we can read as many draft sites as we want. But at the end of the day, it's the Lakers scouting department that are holding these workouts. And we have no idea what they see or what they saw on that particular day, what they saw in the second workout. And yeah, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt at this point. And so I think the the only reason why we're not that excited is one, it doesn't necessarily align with the hipster draft picks that we see from all these experts that we follow or these guys that we look up to on Twitter. (laughs) I guess they are, right? Because they always veer a different direction that people don't expect. But then when you actually put those guys on the court, all of a sudden they gain that recognition and attention that they deserve, I guess. So, So, I mean, last year we were like, okay, Josh Hart, like we're familiar with this guy because of what he did at Villanova, right? And we're like, oh, it's a great pick. But then Kuzma, we're like, what the F? And so many people said, oh, this is a horrible pick. Like, why would you take him there? Year before that, I mean, Larry Nance Jr., we didn't even know who the heck he was. You know? Like, we were all together that year, and we were all upset (laughs) at that pick. (laughs) Um, So, at least for this year, not to say this makes any difference, but, like, we know who Mo Wagner is, right? Um, and even if we didn't know who he was, not that we should just blindly trust the front office, but, uh, like I said before, this is par for the course and nothing should surprise us. But at the same time, I guess everything should surprise us. Right. Um, okay. So let's get into, I mean, we can always give our thoughts on the rest of this draft, uh, in upcoming episodes, but let's keep it as Lakers centric as possible tonight. Um, what are your thoughts on the crop of guys that the Lakers selected? Do you still think that they could potentially be moved? Do you think that at this point, this was strictly, these picks were strictly made for the Lakers usage this year? Do you think that LeBron James and Paul George came to mind when these picks were made? And I guess overall, what 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 is your perception of the strategy going on here? Obviously, the Lakers mentioned that their top priorities was number one, shooting. Not necessarily in this order, but it was always mentioned. Shooting was always at the top, right? right. And then after that, it was b-ball IQ and just playing, just being a really smart player and playing the right way. And then obviously, defensive ability and being able to switch on defense and be (laughs) interpositional and be versatile right um it's clear that shooting was definitely at the top based off of these (laughs) picks exactly right i mean mo wagner shot 40 percent from three um in his last year in michigan as a six foot 11 guy Uh, as v mikhailu shot 44 percent from three i think he shot better on his three-point percentage than his actual two-point or overall percentage so Mm. that's crazy and then isaac bonga i don't know he's just kind of a, a wild card so we don't really know He's, yeah, he's probably going to be drafting stash. 
Yeah, he's only like 18. He hasn't turned 19 yet. So he could he could potentially be the defensive, the versatile defensive dude. Who knows? But yeah, for you, like, I guess what what's your impression of the overall strategy? And do, do where do you think the Lakers were at in terms of headspace? Do you think that there's still a potential that these picks could be moved? Because at the end of the day, all these international prospects, it's very Spursian, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and, and they all seem like very smart players. Um, or do you think they kind of like... First, I'm, I'm sure they were looking at all angles because Rob Palenka, once again, is Rubik's Cube guy. He he looks at all these angles. He has to. Um, is there a sense that maybe they not hedge their bets but or, or like walk the middle in a sense? But do you think they got picks for themselves that, that also potentially work for other teams? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you look at the type of player Mo Wagner is, for example, he's more or less, at least on the offensive end, uh, a modern NBA big. Um, He can stretch the floor. I'm sure, again, we're going to get into the more specifics, but the guy can shoot. He's really good in pick and pop. He runs the floor well in transition. He has a motor. So offensively, um, I feel like almost any team in the NBA would like to have a player like him. Now, defensively is where the concern is. He's not (laughs) um, like Mitchell Robinson, who we thought the Lakers might take. He's not like... I keep blanking out his name, dude from Texas A&M who went to Boston, uh, Robert Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yep. not like him, um, doesn't play above the rim, not super athletic. So in that sense, um, there are some shortcomings for sure. But I, I could see a guy like Wagner on a, a lot of teams in the league. Um, as far as what the Lakers are looking for specifically, like you said, I, I think he does check off a lot of those boxes. Uh, basketball IQ definitely comes into play. Um, I mean, he is a, a three-year college player, blue blood program like Michigan, um, went to the national championship game. Uh, feel like they've gone, I, I don't remember for sure, like his freshman year, but they, they tend to go pretty deep in the tournament. So he does have you know, that like winning mentality that they always talk about, which also alludes to his IQ. Um, so I, I feel like kind of, like you said, he could fit with us, but he could also fit on some other teams. So you, you can, uh, kill two birds with one stone in that sense. And then as far as Makai look, um, <laughs> defensively, it, it's going to be interesting for sure, because like you said, his length is definitely a minus. So it's going to be difficult for him just to, you know, if he does get beat off the dribble, like he's, he's kind of done, you know? And then when it comes to um, just him contesting shots and, and things like that, it's not really what you want, but his shooting, you, you can't argue um, with the fact that he's a knockdown shooter. Um, and it's not just catch and shoot either. He can shoot off the dribble. He can create shots for himself. Mm-hmm. He can take guys off the dribble. He's got a nice handle. He's very athletic. Actually, there's, I mean, granted, I only saw a few like highlight videos. He's a two foot jumper, likes to catch lobs with both hands. Um, so he can play above the rim without a doubt. And he also really likes to run the floor. He's got a motor. The guy must be incredibly intelligent because he moved to the U.S. when he was 16 years old. So he's a 20-year-old senior in college. Um, Mm. So the guy must be intelligent. And um, again, those all fit kind of like those Laker uh, values in terms of mentality and and maturity and those sorts of things. So um, as far as what we would do with these guys... um, this is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. 
With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. It's so hard to predict. Like like you said, they're like Spursian type players, which is obviously tied to Kawhi. So could we package them? Yeah, I could totally see that happening. And yesterday we were saying there's no way we're going to walk away with three rookies next year. But at the same time, now that I'm looking at it, it's like, yeah, well, maybe we could. So right. your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, I think with the Mo Wagner uh, pick, at the very least, you're picking a guy who universally, like you said, is a modern big man who can shoot is pretty agile at 6'11", um, especially if you play him at the four spot. Um, he's not that athletic, but obviously in space, he shows a little bit more athleticism and he does have a seven foot wingspan, which isn't bad. So he shows that off a little bit more like in transition and if he's rolling as the big man, right? So, um, but yeah, he's definitely not like a Robert Williams, Mitchell Robinson, explosive type player. And He's definitely not a rim protector as well. He does move a little... He does move kind of spryly on offense. Mm-hmm. On the, uh-huh. um, yeah. But not defensively. You know, obviously if he gets switched on the perimeter, it's like not great, but he's also better than like Zubots on the perimeter. Oh, oh for sure. <laughs> or Brooke Lopez on the perimeter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, He's yeah, got definitely. quicker feet than that, but it's, yeah, it's not like those other guys. He's a little more Ryan Kelly, you know, because Ryan Kelly could at least move his feet a little bit. I know people don't want to hear Ryan Kelly, um, and we'll get to that later in terms of a bad comp that you don't want him to be compared to. Even even though Ryan Kelly was was okay, you know, pretty good his first year. But anyways, I don't want to keep talking about Ryan Kelly. Um, but yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, Mo, Mo Wagner, if the Lakers need to package him, and I'm not even talking about to the Spurs, right, because they may need to package him along with Luau Deng eventually. I think a team would potentially be intrigued by a modern day big man who can stretch the floor and who's a pretty good passer. I don't I know he didn't get to show it that much, but apparently he has handles and a pretty good passing vision that he didn't really get to showcase, but his instincts are there. He plays the game the right way. Very smart, high IQ guy. Um so I think that's the type of player that can universally be um accepted by any team if if they wanted to take on Luau Dang. Uh, along with, you know, a potential 2019 pick or any other future assets that we attach to Dang to offload him. Um, but we'll we'll act in this episode moving forward like we're keeping these guys no matter what. So with that said, Mo Wagner, Michigan, you got to watch him the last few years. Um, he's This is junior year, but it was really the last two years that he got the most playing time and really got to showcase his skill. Uh, he's 21 years old, 6'11", 7-foot wingspan, uh, this last year in Michigan, he averaged nearly 15 points, 7.1 rebounds, one assist. His true effective field goal percentage is 60.5%, which is great. Uh, 39% from three-point land. Kind of needs to work on his free throw shooting, only 70%, but he definitely can shoot it and stroke it. Dirk Nowitzki is his idol. That's his MJ, so that's a good sign. You know, if we can get any iteration of that, let's get 25% of Dirk Nowitzki, then we've got a steal. A good three-point shooter. He can make shots off of screens and off the off the balance, off catches, catch and shoot. He can actually hit some contested jumpers off the catch because he's long and he's tall. Surprisingly strong screener. He can pick and pop. 
attack closeouts and he can handle the ball a little bit, you know, at his size, 6'11". So he's definitely not super, super stiff, um, like like you mentioned, Brooke Lopez. Um, So on offense, he surprisingly looks fluid. And I know a lot of people mentioned that he has some... Pau Gasol esque ness to him, huh. and I can I can see that he's 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 definitely he can play make too. He can play make. He and he's got good footwork once he starts yeah. like backing people down. I don't know necessarily if he has the strength, but he has the moves and the skill set mm. down low to get That's some shots up. Yeah, I I made a note that um he he likes to drive into the paint and he'll like fake a chest pass and then he'll reverse pivot the other direction and like shoot a yeah, hook yeah. or up and under whatever that is very Pau Gasol-esque actually so he's as, got really soft touch like, yeah yeah in terms of like maybe some go-to moves I mean that's a pretty complex um you know skill set that he's right. already shown off in college so yeah and I think his body build and the way that he can kind of put his uh put the ball on the floor i know some people also mentioned some nick vucevic comps and i can definitely mm. see that with mo wagner um except the more i don't think nick vucevic shot a lot of threes at usc or even coming out of college and so if you imagine a nick vucevic who was more acclimated to the modern nba and was shooting threes from day one i think that's what you potentially could get in mo wagner just like a versatile offensively versatile player who you know, can put the ball on the floor a little, can definitely leverage his jump shooting equity and also pass pretty well, you know, in a, in a team offense sort of sense. Um, so he's not a great defender, but apparently he plays, he has pretty good energy on defense. So at least that counts for something, right? That yeah. the guy at least has someone of yeah, a motor. Yeah, make up for it, right? Yeah, and at least he has the fundamentals and IQ to eventually become at least a good team defender or positional defender. So I think that's something that the Lakers can hope for. But I think most of all, I mean, if we're just looking at this like as a baseline comp, he could be our Channing Fry in the future, you know? And, right. and having that sort of pick-and-pop type big, not only for Lonzo Ball and Paul George, but specifically for Lonzo Ball, I think would be a huge help to the Lakers. So, you know, some of my comps for him, I, I brought up Nick Vucevic. Um, there's some Kelly Olenek yeah. type play in him. I also brought up Brad Miller just because at his worst case scenario, let's say he never really improves his athleticism. Not that you can improve your athleticism anyways, but even as slow as Brad Miller was in the NBA, he was a great passer, used his high basketball IQ to just be like a really good all around offensive player and had really good instincts down low um, and a really soft touch as well. I think eventually that could be the type of high end player that Mo Wagner could, um, mimic uh the bad comps would be like like i said ryan kelly and byron mullins and you know just one-dimensional guys (laughs) who literally all they all they do is shoot but yeah did you have any other thoughts on on mo wagner um i mean i really do like his ability to put the ball on the floor he he does have a good handle um i listened to this interview where he said when he was much younger he actually played the guard position and he felt like a lot of those uh, ball handling skills really stuck so that's why he is able to catch, like, pump fake, put the ball on the floor, dribble behind his back, you know, do whatever. And that's going to be really important in the NBA because guys are going to close out on him a lot faster than they did in college. But if he is able to put the ball down on the floor, it'll still be hard for those bigs to uh, to keep up with him. So that's definitely uh, good just as far as his versatility goes. And um, I was listening to this other interview where he uh, – said at the combine his coolest interaction was with magic 
So I mm-hmm. guess Magic like was talking to him, and he was talking some trash about Michigan State and Michigan and this and that. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe back at the combine, um, Mo kind of had an idea that the Lakers front office. Um, they were already kind of into him at that point because there are like two or three different interviews I listened to, and he mentioned magic like every single time. So maybe that was a little bit of a tell. Yeah, and he actually, you, you mentioned that you had watched him in college, especially against UCLA, but he actually yeah. had a very strong NCAA tournament because Michigan made it all the way to the championship game, right? And in the championship yep. game, he had a he played really well in that last game as well. I think he, he did. scored like 14.7 rebounds, pretty much his averages. But yeah, what were your thoughts watching him in college? Um, Ton of energy. Not to like, you know, put him into a, like a peg or whatever. Like, oh yeah, of course he's a high energy guy. But really like you could see he has a very strong motor as he runs up and down the floor. Um, he, He's pretty vocal and expressive. So I feel like his, his leadership ability is there. Um, and it's like, you wouldn't expect you know, a, a kid from Germany, from Europe, playing in the United States to be one of the more vocal people on his team, especially um, a school like Michigan. But he uh, doesn't seem like he's going to shy away from those types of moments. And again, like that's what our front office is looking for is, you know, those high character players. So mm-hmm. um, that stood out to me actually this past year. And, um, I would say, I mean, his pick and pop, there were some numbers that uh, we were all kind of looking at in our group text, which I'm going to pull up right (laughs) now. (laughs) Um, So his pick and pop was like one of the highest rated amongst uh, all players in this draft. There'd be like 3.3 possessions per game where he'd pick and pop. And he'd basically score 1.1 points per possession like that. And that ranked Mm -hmm. very, very highly. So there's so many times last season where we were frustrated with Brooke Lopez not being able to knock down shots. And then all of a sudden he'd hit like six three-pointers, pretend like he smoked a joint, and then throw it on the ground. (laughs) Like we're hoping that Mo Wagner um, is just a lot more consistent Brooke Lopez. Because how many games were there where he just couldn't produce from us? And that's one of the primary reasons we brought him over. Um, now, Brooke Lopez is like a former all-star and he's a vet and Mo Wagner's a rookie. So to ask him to be that efficient from out there is is kind of a lot. But, um, you know, let's just hope that our scouts know what the heck they're doing again because no one expected anything like that from Kyle Kuzma either. Um, but I think that's... Um, I, I think he's going to play a very similar to game, similar game to what he had in college uh, up in the NBA. Yeah, you know what I like about him actually is he he looks like he has a very solid frame, and eventually I think he could build out his body and become a lot stronger. Mm. Um, he doesn't like you know I compared him to like Ryan Kelly and guys like that, but he does definitely doesn't seem as slight in frame as That's as true. guys like that. And I think eventually he could maybe even become a better post post up guy than he already is. And I like that already he, he, I think he played, did he play, he said he played point guard when he grew up? Uh, he didn't differentiate between point guard or shooting guard, but he said he played guard. So that's why yeah, he's got so a I'm handle. I'm sure that's helped him. Yeah, oh, exactly. Sure. So, and so he definitely seems, he's definitely more agile than oh, absolutely. typical big man, which is nice he looks to skilled, see. You know, it's like, oh, go figure. You're from Europe. Of course you have skill. Right. And I like right now that 
if he wants to, he can add some beef to his frame and some girth down there to kind of round out his low post game if he wants to. You know, yeah, the, the fact yeah. that he has these perimeter skills already is, I think, a good foundational base for him to build off of. Because like like, like we've been saying, he can put the ball on the floor a little bit. He, he moves fluidly on the court. So from there, you can just like those are b- good building blocks for a guy for a, for a modern NBA big. Um, he'll never catch lobs ferociously or poster jam on people. But I think in terms of just like an all around like role player type guy that can seamlessly fit on the Lakers, I'm not sure how well he'll do kind of running the floor with Lonzo. I don't think he's that quick. But, you know, if he's trailing, that's a good pick and pop guy to <laughs> pitch it back to, you know, at the three point line. Right, right. Well, if we're switching on defense a lot and he's out there on the perimeter, I guess he can, he can, uh, kind of leak out and then Lonzo can throw those touchdowns to him. Yeah. I like his, what do you think about his actual shooting mechanics? Because I think they're pretty pure. And I, I mentioned sound, this before. Yeah. He kind of shoots like Kevin Love, like not as quick as Kevin Love. Okay. But the way, you know how the Kevin Love likes to pop out? from screens and just kind of set himself. I think he kind of shoots that same way. Obviously it's a lot higher and it it takes a little more time to kind of unload, but it's, I guess, like you said, fundamentally sound. And there's some slow man, Kevin love lovishness to his, uh, to his jump shot, (laughs) which I like his, his footwork on his jumper is uh, what stood out to me most because when Mm. he's picking and popping, he squares up his feet. And then as a result of that, Obviously, his hips and his shoulders are squared up as well. So, yeah, yeah, first thing I noticed was the footwork. I think there's like a, on top of that, like there's just an ease to his jump shot that, you know, he can get it off really easily. And and the fact that he can actually shoot under duress is is pretty good too. Um, So, yeah, very interesting pick by the Lakers. Definitely not someone we had circled or, or penned in, but it's clear that they really honed in on this guy and Rob Palinka said that this was a big pick for Magic. I don't necessarily know what that means, but it sounds like they really did their due diligence on this guy and they got the pick that they wanted at 25. So um, it'll be interesting to see whether, again, the Lakers go into the season with him or they or he's packaged into a, another deal. But it's clear that at the end of the day, if, if LeBron James or Paul George comes, a guy like Mo Wagner uh, in spot minutes could come in and just help, you know, stretch the floor for them. So um, any additional thoughts on Mo or do you want to move on? Um, Mozo, pick and pop. <laughs> Mozo, <laughs> pick nice. and pop. There you go. Yeah. Lakers found their Mozo. <laughs> Mozo or Zomo? Mozo. I like Mozo because it Mozo, sounds like Mojo. Yeah, like Mojo. There you go. <laughs> that, that's all I got to offer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I guess we can kind of quickly talk about the number 39th prospect because for all of us, he's definitely very a wild, very wild card, very <laughs> I, I dark I kind of missed it, to be honest, because I forgot ESPN, you know, they're not going to say that we acquired that from Philly. So it just kind of happened. Yeah. It may have happened during a commercial break. And I was like, wait, what the hell just happened? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the Lakers selected Isaac Bonga from, I think he played for Germany. I'm not sure if he's actually German, Uh, but he's about 6'7", 6'8", 6'11", wingspan. Sorry, those are his measurables from 2017. He may be at this point around a 7-foot wingspan and at 6'8", 6'9", height-wise. So Isaac Bonga, he is a point forward. He plays profiles like a Sean Livingston-esque type player. He doesn't like to shoot a lot. He likes to get the ball out of his hands and play make for others. He's actually very timid offensively, which is a problem. Uh, He's not very explosive, um, kind of a below-the-rim type player, 
Right now, he's super slight of frame. He's very lanky, though, so I think that's where the intrigue lies in his length. Um, but yeah, right now, he doesn't have... He lacks the strength. Very, very raw offensively, especially when you see him drive into the lane. See a lot of uh, glimpses of very, very deer-in-the-headlights Brandon Ingram his first year <laughs> whenever he drives in the lane. Um, but he can finish with his length here and there. But yeah, right now, he is more so a playmaker. I think the intrigue lies again with his age. He's only 18. He hasn't turned 19 yet. And he's a very good playmaker, very fluid in transition, um, potentially has some defensive versatility because of his wingspan and how lanky he is, if he can learn how to utilize those traits correctly. Um, but yeah, I think all in all, this is definitely going to be a draft and stash. We'll see what the we'll see what he looks like in like two years, <laughs> and if the Lakers ever bring him over, you know. Um, but we haven't had a draft and stash in a while, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with him. So, Alan, yeah, what are you, any any thoughts on Isaac Bonga? <laughs> um, you and I probably read and watched the exact same thing separately. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess what stood out most was he has a good feel for the game as far as being a playmaker goes. Um, I think. He's good in pick and roll, um, in transition. He has good court vision, and then he's good at driving and kicking. Um, in terms of his like shooting and scoring ability, uh, he likes to drive for sure, and uh, I think he d- he does use that length uh, to finish at the rim, but it's kind of below the rim more so than anything. Uh, his his shooting mechanics look a little suspect. It mm-hmm. looks pretty unnatural right now. It looks extremely deliberate, not very smooth um, or fluid, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, definitely a draft and stash, and we're just going to have to not forget about the guy while he's over there. But um, hopefully he it, – it's so interesting. Like I feel like now that we're all so much more connected uh, to organizations via social media and all that stuff, maybe we'll have a better idea of – like how an organization monitors a player's progress like that while they're overseas. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Cause we haven't, like you said, the last time we had that, his name escapes me at the moment, but it's been way more than five years. And uh, at that time we weren't nearly as connected. So, I mean, maybe it'll feel exactly the same. Like we forget the guy's name, but it would be interesting to see if we're able to keep tabs on him more easily. Now, this is Mike from the almighty baller network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. Yeah, definitely. All right, with that, so let's move on to human spelling bee. <laughs> Sviatoslav Mikhailuk. Mikhailu? Mikhailu. Um, Alan, what's the country of origin? Oh, sh- I just looked it up. Dang it. Please use it in a sentence. How long do you think it's going to take you to... It correctly spelled. It literally just says Svi in my notes, so I, his name's not even in front of me right and, now. And sometimes I just write it as Svi Mickey. Well, his name ends with Slav, right? So I started calling him Slava. Um, Slava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he from Hungary? He is from Ukraine. He's Ukrainian. Oh, there you damn go. It. <laughs> um, but yeah, unlike Slava, he's a little more acclimated as he's played in Kansas the last 
Four years, you said? Yeah, he's a senior. 20-year-old senior. Boy genius. So it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because he actually fits the profile of the types of guys that the Lakers have been drafting the last few years. He's kind of like the Josh Hart this year, right? Yeah. In terms of experienced college player. But yeah, still only 20 years old. Like we mentioned, very small wingspan. But outside of that, I think it allows him to do some things that... Like, he has a pretty tight handle or unexpectedly shaky handles. Not shaky in terms of, like, they're super shaky, but he has some shake to him, yeah. um, which is unexpected. <laughs> Very compact. <Can't> help it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and he can pull up in the mid-range whenever he wants to off the dribble. Obviously, he can come off screens and hit that jump shot really quickly. Uh, he killed it in his workout with the Lakers. And obviously, he he fits that profile of just like a pure knockdown shooter. 44% in Kansas. I think he um, broke the school record in terms of three-point made threes in Kansas with 115. Obviously, if you're playing four years, you have a pretty good chance of doing that. But, I mean, it just shows you. still impressive considering no, totally. Kansas, who's been around forever. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, despite the fact that he has a 6'5 wingspan, he is pretty tall. He's 6'8". So that's good at the very least. Um and so, yeah, I actually, before the draft even happened, I actually highlighted him on our Twitter page. And I was like, you know, if the Lakers miss out on Kevin Herter, <laughs> this guy's discount double check Herter. You know, nice. he doesn't have the wingspan. He maybe maybe doesn't have the upside because actually I think he doesn't have the upside mainly because of the wingspan, right? And the length, but really they're about yeah. the same size height wise. And as a 44% shooter, that's pretty much the same around the vicinity of how Kevin Herter shot as well. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think his upside is just really capped by how small his arms are, his T-Rex arms. But outside of that, like, like you saw, he's a very fluid scorer and I think he can do more than just shoot and put the ball on the floor. He actually averaged around three assists this past year with Kansas. Yeah. 2.7 assists or so. He averaged 14.6 points, 3.9 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 1.2 steals. 44% 44% from three, like I've been saying. And so um, I kind of compared him to, at the end of the day, if this guy can be like a taller Joe Harris. And Joe Harris was a mm. really good player for the Nets this past year. And I see a lot of kind of J.J. Redick-ness in him too. Oh, okay. um, the way that he comes off screens and is able to just really yeah. cleanly get that shot off, but also put the ball on the floor and pull up. And so, yeah, if if, if the Lakers can get can get that sort of role player, I think that would be quite an asset for them. Or even like a Jody Meek. He's kind of Jody Meeks-ish as well. Yeah, two feet Meeks. Shvi is two feet Meeks. Two, two, two feet Shvi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Mikhailu? Uh Yeah, so again, just interesting background. Moved to the U.S. at 16 years old. Graduated from college at 20. So he's like Lonzo Ball's age, which is nuts. Um, but he seems like so much older. Uh, another blue blood program in Kansas. So, you know, Bill Self was his coach. He's gone deep in the tournament. He's played with very high level talent over the years. Uh, so that's, that's always a good thing. Um, can shoot off the dribble, catch and shoot comes off screens. As you said, he has very, very nice shooting mechanics. Um, he's got a nice step back jumper off the Mm -hmm. dribble. It's like, like mini James Harden ish without the traveling. Um, (laughs) he's got a really good shot fake and then relocate to the side, um, very good footwork in that sense. As I said before, he's able to finish above the rim. He really likes to go to his left hand inside out dribble and then drive. Uh, so he's got a little bit of a handle, which is nice. He can run the floor well, too. So, yeah, I, I could see him uh, fitting in with our, our backcourt for sure. Um, he can finish with both hands. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. he, he can drive, as you said, kind of like a J.J. Redick. 
Um, but yeah, he's uh, ambidextrous. A lot of the highlight reels I saw, he was catching lobs. <laughs> so yeah, um, and he, as I said before, he was finishing with two hands. So he's uh, he he will definitely fit in with our team in terms of want to get up and down in transition. Um, there are some times where he was shooting from NBA range and he made it look effortless. Like it, yeah. it didn't look like he had a muscle it up there at all. Um, and again, considering the fact that he's 20 years old, um, obviously a good thing. So hopefully we don't have to worry about him adjusting the NBA three point line too much. Um, he can shoot with a hand in his face. So if there's a contested jumper um, again, the, sorry, how tall did you say he was exactly around six, eight? So maybe six, seven, six, eight. Yeah, it's funny because as I remember watching him play on TV, he didn't seem that tall. Mm-hmm. And then when I was rewatching it, I was like, oh, you're much taller than I thought I remember you being. Um, so, yeah, he can shoot with a hand in his face. And, uh, yeah, he can he can attack the defenders off of a catch. And, uh, as I said, he could put the ball on the floor. So, um, that makes him sound like a freaking good player. But we didn't talk <laughs> about his defense. And it's because none of the videos that I watched highlighted him defensively whatsoever. Yeah. So that's that's where uh, he's going to have to work his ass off. And, you know, he's going to be a, probably a guy who's in the D League a lot, um, which is fine. Um, in terms of our backcourt, it's going to be interesting. I don't know what we're rolling out there in terms of our second unit, but... Um, Maybe he'll make some really positive strides really quickly, and then we'll see a lot less uh, Tyler M. Definitely. I I bet you he'll kill it in Summer League, though. He's the type of player that I think would absolutely shine in Summer League. Yeah, totally. Um, Because, you know, like his, if you watched purely the offensive highlights, I think you'd probably ask yourself, well, what separates him from, you know, like a Dante (laughs) DiVincenzo? DiVincenzo or a Grayson Allen. And, and guys like that who God, have... Grace, Grace, sorry, off topic. He would go to Utah. Oh, my God. Dude. I know, right? <laughs> it's that either that or funny. Boston, right? <laughs> exactly. But in terms of like his, his offensive skill package, you'd think that he would just be purely a three-point shooter. But he has a lot more versatility to how he scores. Yeah. That I'm like, I, I really don't know what the downside is. And then you look at, yes, it's on the defensive end, short arms. Um, He's just going to have to be so scrappy. Yeah. I guess that really caps his potential. I, I mean, it really goes back to the arms and like the inability on defense to to handle perimeter players or even bigger players his size as well. So, but outside of that, if you're just looking for like a, a spark plug off the bench or something, or just a guy that um, can space the floor for you, I think they got one of the best shooters in this draft class, which is which is I think saying something. Definitely. Um, and, and like I said, he, he can play make as well. So he's the type of guy that you can plug in and you don't have to worry about whether he, he'll he be a ball stopper or anything like that. Um, so I really like the pick for the Lakers, especially given that they got him at the 47th spot. I, I If if DeAnthony Melton were still there and they had passed on him again, I, I don't know how I would have felt about that. But given that Melton was off the board, um, Zvi was definitely someone that I was looking at that I felt like the Lakers should definitely consider given, especially with Kevin Herter off the board and them continuing to emphasize shooting. And the fact that, you know, we don't know if Mo Wagner is eventually going to get moved in a bigger deal down the road. It definitely helps for the Lakers to get 
to still have that shooting um, on deck, even if they have to get rid of Wagner in the future. Um, so with that said, yeah, that's the Lakers draft this year. Uh, did you have any other thoughts overall, Alan? Or we can get into like what what's next and like looking towards free agency. But I'm just staring at a huge spider on my ceiling right now. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my thoughts. Is should I kill it right now? It's quite large. It's like the size of a nickel. I think that's our cue. We should kill this, Freaking and then you can go ahead and kill that. Summer, dude. There's so many spiders in my room this week. Anyway, <laughs> um, my thoughts. Uh, yeah, dude. I don't know. It's it's like sit tight kind of a thing, you know. Like for some yeah. reason, I feel kind of uneasy about getting attached <laughs> to any of these guys. Um, I mean, I'm trying to remember like last year when we recorded when we recorded this post draft episode and. Uh, it was kind of similar. Like we were kind of like confused and just trying to figure stuff out, but we were definitely excited about Josh Hart, like undeniably. Oh, that's freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. And even Thomas Bryan at Indiana, we're like, Oh man, like that's a freaking high upside pick. That's, that's great. This year is like, (laughs) it's just a little bit different. Um, and I think because there are so many things that at least seem to be brewing in terms of free agency trades, et cetera, um, that everything's just a little on edge right now. So if we end up retaining, uh, our draft picks then i mean i'm i'm now like officially pretty excited for summer league at first i was like eh, like i don't really i'm gonna watch all the games obviously but i don't care that much in compared to other year comparison to other years but now i'm i'm pretty excited um i think rolling josh hart out there with those guys should be pretty interesting um thomas bryant and mo wagner twin towers dude <laughs> <laughs> modern modern day big man twin towers who can shoot and all that stuff so yeah, yeah. And uh I mean, again, let's remember how horrible we were as a three-point shooting team this past season. Um so if a guy like Mo can come in and hit like 1.5 threes per game, <laughs> you know, that would be cool. Um and then we'll see when Svi comes up. Um But yeah, it's uh We'll we'll see what happens, man. <laughs> this this front office is so uh, unpredictably predictable, but in a good way, and exactly. that's all we can be thankful for. Predictably unpredictable. That that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, totally. And um, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention that uh, it looks like Zv may have a Kansas teammate on board for summer league actually, because the Lakers signed undrafted free agent uh, Malik Newman, who they also worked out during the uh, drafting or during the draft workout process. Oh, nice. So um, there's another guy from Kansas to look forward to and someone that obviously Svi is familiar with. So we'll see how they do in summer league. Um, but yeah, um, also some quick news that came out today. Um, I don't know if you saw that report by, was it Mark Stein or Windhorst? Um, someone recently brought up that LeBron James is only looking at Cleveland and, and the Lakers at this point. Did you see that report? I did not. It came out, it came out right when the draft was happening pretty much, but it pretty much just said that LeBron James has narrowed it down to the Lakers and Cleveland. And huh. that makes our chances very <laughs> it makes me very happy. I know, I mean, man. Like, Colin Sexton had a pretty uh <laughs> pretty persuasive pitch there. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, he's basically, he's, he's yeah gone. <laughs> that was that was pretty awful. But even more positive news for the Lakers, I think, it, yeah, it was Brian Windhorst who said that LeBron is basically just considering the Lakers and the Cavaliers at this point. And with his son enrolled at whatever yeah, school he's enrolled at. Yeah, yeah. 
and um, him getting um, apparently he's getting reinforced security on his Brentwood home. I mean, the writing's on the wall for that. So damn, it's only going to get more exciting from here. I mean, here. yeah, people like Ramona have consistently said like she's never wavered, right? She's like, oh, he's coming, and so is Paul George, and she's not backing down from that. Um, she's not even saying like, oh, I don't know, one of them may be a little less likely than before. She strongly says both of them are likely coming to the Lakers. Yeah. And Le- the the odds for LeBron coming to the Lakers has gone from like minus 110 to all of a sudden minus 275, right? That's so uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the smart sharks are pounding that as well. So, I mean, everything's kind of lining up for a pretty eventful summer. And uh, I'm not going to get my hopes too up. It, it There's just a lot more to look forward to in the coming days. And the next few episodes or so obviously we'll be talking a lot about that and continuing to delve more into mo bonga and zv (laughs) (laughs) the the draft that we didn't anticipate but the one that we deserve (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah we deserve all of this we deserve all of this so yeah it's still a good time to be a lakers fan um I'm excited to, like like I said, continue to unpack these guys' games and see how they fit in the the Lakers' overall scheme, whether um, we keep them or we eventually ship them off in a bigger package for um, some bigger, exciting moves. Um, so yeah, with that said, we will close this episode out. And uh, yeah, the next coming, coming weeks will be all about free agency and uh, LeBron James, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, all that stuff. So... It's lit. It's lit. <laughs> okay, it's lit. <laughs> I'm gonna go go kill this spider. It has. Oh yeah, go ahead and like do that. Three minutes, so that's a good thing. All right, we will catch you guys next time. As usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Rate and review us on iTunes, Patreon.com/slash The Lakers Legacy Podcast. Learn how to spell Zvi Mikhailu's name. There will be a spelling bee test next Spelling's episode. V. Spelling sweet us <laughs> next episode. All right. Uh, with that said, we will catch you guys later. Alan. Peace. All right. Peace out. See ya. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.